Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brian. I am your host for this hour beyond the panel. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Curtis, the one and only. Happy to be here, as usual. How's it going, Curtis? I am doing fantastic. Fantastic, po- you Pointed say. phrase there, uh, which is should give everyone here a little hint of what we're going to be discussing uh, on today's episode. Fantastic. First of all, I just wanted to... Uh, talk about a little bit of uh, business real quick. Of course, we uh, have this lovely, wonderful show here at UMFM, to which we are incredibly thankful Super. to have. And so um, I just wanted to make sure that everyone knew that uh, coming up, we've got Pledgerama next week, which is, of course, our pledge drive. We here at the station uh, are funded by you guys. And so in order to help cover a lot of our projects, we once a year take a week out of our time to ask you to kindly open your pocketbooks and and help us keep the station running so you can continue to listen to programs that you like to listen to. Um, There's a lot of really awesome, super cool incentives for you guys to pick up for donating or if you just want to help us out then that's perfectly acceptable as well um you can find that at umfm.com slash pledge if you want to donate online or come down to the station to pick up uh, a form on its own uh here uh next week uh we will be giving away a collected edition. We haven't decided what yet, but we are going to be giving away a collected edition of some comic. At least something cool. Something awesome. Oh, yeah. To whoever the top donator to this show is. Um, so that will be part of that'll be part of the other incentive. If we find that like if a whole bunch of people donate like a, a bunch of awesome money to us, like a, a large number, then we'll pick up like a couple of collected editions, yeah, for, like the of top, course. the top two or three mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, just depending on like you know like if 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 like four people donate a hundred bucks, then obviously like every single one of those people is yeah, gonna, they uh, you more than earn something, earn something. So yeah, we'll, of course, if you uh, it'll be something of our choice, something that we find interesting, but we promise it's going to be cool. Yes, so we're, we're choosing it. So we we hope that you um you know uh, like our show and, and and help us keep the station running because we like putting it on for you we, guys. yeah we we love doing this show i'm having a great time doing it so As definitely always. so uh yeah you mentioned fantastic four yes that is today's topic so this is going to be a little bit like the x-men episode where i sit here and talk about a specific thing from this team that i enjoy so fantastic four of course johnny and sue storm reed richards and ben Grimm. um mutated via space radiation uh, the cosmic rays of course. And uh, is Doom part of that as well, most of the time? Uh, v- Victor Von Flip-flops. Doom, uh, basically, he... The he Lord was, of Latveria. Yes, yes. Um, well, in the movies, in the movies and, uh, like, the, the TV show, uh, he was on a space flight with them. But in the comics, he actually wasn't. Okay. All right. So that's something that they Just made up for the movies. Yeah. So um, I have only read a brief, tiny little smidgen of Fantastic Four stuff. Of course, I have read Matt Fraction's run because I love Matt Fraction. Yeah, Matt Fraction did have a run on Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah, and he was really, really, really good. And that run was really good. And I've also read um, Fantastic Four 1, 2, 3, 4, written by Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison, art by Jay Lee. And so... That was part of the Marvel Knights imprint, by the way. And it's... It's it's long for only being whatever four issues. I think they're four double issues. I think like one hundred percent kind of prestige format issues. Yeah, they're yeah. they're long because it's telling a really complicated. It's Grant Morrison. Yeah, and so a couple of things. One, the story is good but convoluted, and more than that, 
the they he okay so grant morrison writes doom incredibly well i think he would he's dastardly he's sinister there's all kinds of nuances to him the way that he interacts with the characters is really uh delicate and and intriguing um and the plot that he puts forward the evil plot device that doom brings in is ingenious it's the reality bending machine that he uses right it's it's so smart and the way that they that grant writes reed richards into figuring his way out of it he literally stretches his own brain to create more folds so he can be smart enough to think <laughs> his way out of incredible. it. incredible i remember that and i thought man that is quite a concept right and so i i he read has it. very inventive ideas and the paneling is beautiful it is one of the most yeah the art is really good the it's not even just the art like it's the way that they set the, up the, the panels layouts too is it's it's very confusing it, and it's supposed to be confusing, and it's the way that it's just it's beautiful. And if you haven't read it, I really, honestly do recommend checking it out. Yeah. That being said, I hated it. <laughs> so all of that, <laughs> and that's well. Let's uh, let's find out why that is. So my reasoning behind it, and whatever. Grant Morrison is an incredible writer. I have never once enjoyed anything that Grant Morrison has ever written because. Everything has got to be so convoluted, so space heavy, so non freaking sensical that, like, every time. He, I, yeah, he's very out there. I'm not smart, okay? <laughs> like, I get it. You read that, you're like, okay, yeah, this all makes sense. I've got it. I'm not smart. <laughs> and so, like, when I read that, it's like, oh my God, I'm, I got to sit down after reading this comic and think for like four hours to try and figure <laughs> out what the heck he was talking about and what the heck he was trying to drive at. And, like, yeah, okay, I finally got there and I understand it and I got it. And the way that it, it's cool. Fine, I get it, but like, does he always? Does Grant Morrison like always have to be like that, where he's so disattached from reality? Grant Morrison usually is like that. He has the odd thing that he's written that's pretty accessible, but it's a very Grant Morrison. And so he spends he spends so much of the first two issues faffing about with Mole Man. Oh, Mole Man, such a good villain. And Reed like kind of figures out early that something is wrong and so he locks himself in like his thinking chamber yeah to try and figure it out and like so for whatever reason they sue storm and reed richards have at this point in as far as i can understand have been married for like 25 years 15 or 25 years or some nonsense like not that. that old they're pretty old in the comic i think They've been married for a decent well, chunk this, of time. Okay, this story is out of continuity, so uh, it, I guess that is a reasonable assumption. They had been. It, it seemed like at the at the start of the conversations, and like the way that Sue describes Reed, Reed, Reed is ten years older than Sue. That they had been married for a decent chunk of time. I guess, yeah, and okay. there is significantly more gray in Reed's hair in this. Okay, yeah, um, and so like. But they have a healthy relationship at the start. And Reed locks himself in that stupid chamber for 10 minutes, and Sue Storm immediately goes and cheats on him with Namor. Mr. Steal Your Girl, Namor. Immediately. That's Namor for you. Immediately. And it's just so like, I, ugh. Curtis, I want to like the Fantastic Four. Where do I start? How do I do it? Okay. So, great, great question. I totally understand your reasons for maybe, maybe disliking 1234 by Morrison. Um, I still really think that you should read it. Yeah, it's. I I would say everyone give it a read. Uh, it's it's not it's not super long. I mean, it it's a bit of an ex, of an extended story, but it's like four kind of uh, slightly longer issues. But it's worth it. Yeah, check it out, guys. 
But as far as that note goes, I'm going to tell everyone kind of where to jump into with the Fantastic Four and what the Fantastic Four have always meant to me as far as a reader. Um, uh, the thing with the Fantastic Four that I've always found is they're not superheroes. And, and I'll explain why that is. They are, but the thing with them is they're not reactive to problems, they're proactive. They are explorers. Uh, Mark Wade called them Imaginauts. They are I like that discoverers term. of the unknown. They, I really like they, that term. They forward the frontiers of science and explore you know, other dimensions, space, the cosmos. Their, their superheroics are merely a... It's merely a side a side thing that they do as more of a result of their misadventures, but it's not their main focus. They are a family of explorers. They go That's someplace, they, they find something wrong, but it's not something that they really care about until, like, yeah, it's their problem. They're a family of explorers, and the best runs that really get this are the ones that kind of go into that concept. Superheroing second, family first, explorers first. So okay. with, that, with that said... Uh, runs that really establish this aspect of them and the innovative nature of the Fantastic Four is you can go with the the classic Stan Lee and uh, Jack Kirby stuff. I've actually tried to read that and it was and that's the thing is really it's the sixties, so it it, the, really hard the to writing get into. the writing is not gonna be not gonna hold up as well to modern times. A lot of G Willikers, yeah, but super super innovative ideas like Fantastic Four. I maintain is Stanley's best and most. Uh, uh, most innovative and influential work, uh, more so than his other creations, just because that was his first. It was 1961. Uh, that's where Galactus, Silver Surfer, uh, Namor, Black Panther, the Inhumans, all of these were born from the Fantastic Four comics. Was so, Thanos from there too? Thanos was not born in Fantastic Four, but like all of these cosmic concepts were introduced in Fantastic Four. Okay. So right. like other stories are very much rooted in Fantastic Four. That's why they're so prevalent and relevant. Gotcha. Um, so there's that. Uh, it's Their run was 100 issues long. You're not going to be able to find original issues of that. So if you want to read that, Marvel Limited is your way to go. Yeah. I would or like a Marvel omnibus of the Fantastic Four. Check it out Four digitally. By, by I, I know that I picked mine up on Comixology. Yeah. So, so, you, so you can do that. Uh, either get an omnibus or read digitally. Uh, more runs that I would say are... I would say easier or build up on the ideas of Lee and Kirby are going to be uh, my next recommendation I'd say would be uh, John Byrne's run in the 1980s. Okay. What uh, was special about it? What's special about John's John Byrne's run is he was both writer, artist, and inker on that. So it was all him. It was all born out of his mind. Uh, a lot of people are going to cite his run as being the spiritual successor to Stan Lee. Uh, the reason the reason that why that is is because the Fantastic Four kind of suffered a slump through the seventies. They weren't as innovative or as creative as they have always been known to be. So John Byrne comes along. He revitalizes the team. He really expands on concepts that were started before him. One notable thing, though, about uh, John Byrne's run was up until that point, Sue Storm or Sue Richards, she was married to Re to read she was known as the invisible girl it was the invisible woman came out of john burns run oh wow 
Um, this artwork is beautiful, by the way. Yeah, he's he's super good. He's done a lot of things. Like John Byrne is definitely a titan in the industry. He's done a lot of great stuff. So he basically. I really enjoy the lighting on the costumes. Yeah. So yes, it is older still. Uh, not as old as Lee uh, Lee and Kirby's run. So it will be a bit dated and might not hold up as well. But a lot of great concepts came out of that. Maturing the family, bringing kind of Sue into a more serious role. She wasn't just a damsel in distress. She didn't serve as a plot device anymore. <laughs> uh, Sue Storm was was is actually the most powerful member of the team, power well, wise. I mean, she she can like force field and like yeah, control like, reality. As far as pretty powers much, right? go, well, not she doesn't have reality warping powers, but she can bend light, which is what allows her to become invisible. Uh, mental projections, force fields, telekinetic abilities, all of that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, so he really basically made her more serious and really showed us why we should appreciate her as a character. She's great. And that came out of his run. So really pivotal stuff. Not to mention um, another cool thing about uh, Burns' run was the Trial of Reed Richards storyline, which is really interesting. That storyline basically explains that Galactus is not so much a villain as he is more of a cosmic force of nature. Kind of, uh, and it kind of delved into... just things. Yeah, it kind of delved into... Should should Galactus be hated for doing what he what his purpose is? Like he's not a a villainous entity. He's more just more or less just this vast being who moves around. And Reed basically was defending him, which was very controversial at the time because Galactus is responsible for killing billions of alien races. Exactly. So look at that as you will. But it was very fascinating story, if anything. So that was another great part of Burns' run. Um, and also the introduction of She-Hulk, believe it or not, into oh, no the way. team's roster. I know somebody who really likes She-Hulk. Yeah, so the, uh, she she came onto the team after Ben Grimm left to be on Battleworld, which was at the time Secret, Secret Wars came out. Okay, so she, they just they, they just brought, brought her She-Hulk on in. in order to be she the She had muscle. a tenure, yeah. She had a tenure on the team. And Byrne would then later write Sensational She-Hulk. So there's that. Where am I going from there? From there, um, with that being said, I would say this is the best modern starting point. So as much fun as Burns Run is, you really want to start with Mark Wade. Okay. Mark Wade's Fantastic Four. When did run. that run from? Uh, that was in the early 2000s. Uh, that, I believe that was uh, 2000, 2002 to 2005, I believe. Mark Wade has written a lot of yeah. really good stuff. So, you're, something like that. You're constantly talking about how good his Daredevil I, yeah, run is. Yeah, I love Mark Wade's Daredevil. He wrote a really stellar He helped Fantastic out write the 52 storyline as well. He wrote 52. He wrote Flash for a long time. Yeah, he's done, his Flash run's really he's good. He's done so much, so it's no surprise that His Flash he, run is really, really good. Yeah, super good. Uh, it's no surprise that Wade would write one of the best uh, Fantastic Four runs. And that is where you should start. That started in Fantastic Four 489, so that's, <laughs> that's where you'd start, and it ended at 524. It, would it be easier to find like a Mark Wade collection? Yeah, of it? C- collected editions. I own a ton of them. Okay. Don't don't go back and buy single back issues. Just buy uh, like three ultimate collections, and that collects the entire. Again, Mark and like it's probably a lot easier to just do it digitally or digitally. Yeah. So kind of the the main highlights of Wade's run was he he brought back the family aspect back to the Fantastic Four Familia. again. Because the Fantastic Four have always been a family, kind of the the disjointed family dynamic. Uh, at this point in time, Franklin Richards and Valeria Richards are in the picture. Okay, um, they were in who the earlier they? stories, but not as much. Who who are they? Uh, they are Reed and Sue's children. Okay, um, Valeria is basically like Reed Richards. She's super intelligent, stretchy. But- uh, not stretchy, just insanely intelligent, like okay. Reed. All right, um, but she's very young. She's a baby. 
Uh, and then Franklin Richards, who I would argue is the most powerful Marvel character, uh, is in this as well. And um, what does he do? Franklin Richards can do anything. He, anything. And, the, and why that is is because he possesses vast reality warping abilities, which allow him to shape reality to his will. Now, is that like because... So he can create universes is that a, out a, of his hands. That's like a weird combination he, to get out of stretchy. He can do literally anything. Uh, that's a weird combination to get out of somebody who is stretchy and somebody who is uh, like a force field wielder, right? Well, it's basically the cosmic radiated blood when they create uh, children. They're imbued with cosmic abilities. And so Franklin, does Valeria, Franklin's a mutant, by the way. Too. Does Valeria actually character. have any powers? No, she's, she's just, just smart. supremely intelligent. That's weird. Okay, uh, all the, right. Yeah, so there's that. So they're in the storyline quite a bit. There's a story where Franklin Richards gets sent to hell by Doctor Doom. How? Do- How does he manage Doom to pull that off? Sorcerer too. Oh yeah, you, Sor- yeah. Which a lot of people forget. And Wade used that aspect of Doom's character. Is Doom was using his um, his mystical abilities, and he transported Franklin to hell. And basically, he taunted Reed because Reed is a man of science and he doesn't understand magic. He he locked him in an infinite library of mystical totems and said, "If you can learn magic, I'll free Franklin." But you know, Reed, unable to basically accept the reality of magic, was left to humble himself and admit that he was not knowledgeable in magic. Interesting. The one thing he doesn't know about Reed is like the smartest man, the smartest man in Marvel comics, no doubt. So I. This is hilarious. I uh, one of my favorite runs of comics is the Indestructible Hulk by I Mark think. Wade. Yeah, yeah. And um, I it's got it's really entertaining to me because it just has Banner wanting to sit down and be a scientist, but Shield won't let him. They keep poking and prodding him. Like great, great premise. We need you to like go and do this. We need you to go and Banner do this. Banner is very smart too. And we'll we'll yeah. fund you as long as you'll turn into the Hulk occasionally. <laughs> and he'll be like so close to finding some sort of like scientific breakthrough and then shield will come and, and be like just have to stop yeah shield will yeah. come and be like yo you need to we need <laughs> you to come be the hulk and he'll come back and like either tony stark or reed richards mm-hmm. or like somebody will have figured out a way to do yeah, it because all of these guys are all very smart yeah uh, like reed tony uh bruce banner and hank pym are like the four top scientists and we don't like hank pym hank pym's not the greatest undeniably talented scientist but reed richards is on another level entirely uh so he's very smart all right so after so tell me about this hickman run yeah so after you read that that's a great modern starting point but really it's the hickman run where you want to start and what's so great about it hickman's run is my favorite run it's my absolute favorite run of the fantastic four what is so good why is it it good yes please please tell me i will explain it to you uh, what makes it so good is it is the closest uh, vision to Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's run, the, the grand cosmic scale. He brings back, he basically brings that back to the Fantastic Four. Uh, so there's a storyline called Solve Everything, where Reed, uh, along with the Council of Reeds, which is like the Council of a Reeds? bunch of alternate universe Reed Richards, because oh they are all God. smart. Like Reed in any universe is just a supremely intelligent being. Uh, they all get together and attempt to solve everything, literally everything in the universe, and it's called Solve Everything. Uh, so he and a bunch of Reeds are like tackling all these world problems, but Reed realizes that the cost of solving everything is everything. He would have to give up his family, his friends, he would have to abandon everything for this cause. So it's bringing back the family dynamic while also, you know, 
I guess, delivering us a really grand idea. So it's kind of that that contrast. It's not just all big ideas, but there's also a lot of small, intimate moments where he'll sit down with Franklin and he'll tell a funny story from a children's book. But at the same time, Reed will, like, generate an artificial sun and, like, oh you know, God. power another universe. Oh, my God. So there's God. all these awesome big ideas, but also small ideas. And that's why Hickman's run is so well-balanced, because it does both so well. Is the rogues gallery nice? Rogues gallery is amazing. There's Doctor Doom is in there heavily. It has to be. Though, he right? sacrifices his life supposedly to save the universe, which Doom is like does. an amazing Doom moment. Uh, and that storyline is called "All Hope Lies in Doom." Shit, it it's so good. Pardon I, my language. I, I cannot recommend reading Hickman's run enough. It's amazing. I gotta check that out. Yeah, it's it's so good. Of course, uh, it reads into that really highly acclaimed Hickman Avengers run that you like. Yeah, right? and that builds on his Fantastic Four run. Uh, right. Another thing about Hickman's Fantastic Four that's really cool is it basically tells us that Ben Grimm is semi immortal. Because he doesn't age while he's in his rock form. He reverts back to being his human self for one week every year. So he lives thousands of years into the future. And it basically shows the legacy of the Fantastic Four. And Ben Grimm is still alive like thousands of years in the future. Would you want to be immortal? No. (laughs) Because you see everyone you love die. Right. I mean, it's cool. You can accomplish a lot, though. And that's what he did. Would you want to be immortal... If your brain could only remember a hundred years worth of that's memories. that's AD after death by Scott Snyder. That's that's a premise you want to read. It it takes that premise and it says, yeah, you're immortal, but you your brain cannot, you know, handle you know seven hundred years worth of history at a time. So you you end up forgetting things. So like yeah, everybody everybody you ever loved would die, but then you would like. If well, you, you don't get to accomplish age, so much, though, not too, only that, but like you can get new loved ones. That's true. I mean, yeah, you're always going to be meeting people, and in that storyline, Ben is like a legendary, you know, worldwide figure. Yeah, there's all these monuments built to the Fantastic Four legacy, so you see why these characters, you know, thousands of years in the future, are so important. Uh, and Franklin is is like. Obviously, he doesn't die either. Yeah. So he's still around. In fact, the the universe dies like billions of years in the future, and it's just Galactus and Franklin, and they're just watching the universe be extinguished. Wow. These two supremely cosmic. Uh, okay, beings. so after I finish dedicating my entire life to reading this Hickman run, hit me up really quick with something else I could read. Something. Something. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, Hickman's run is uh, Fantastic Four five seventy to six eleven, and Future Foundation one to twenty three. Okay. Like companion series. All right. As well. So really, really quickly, so something really something quick else I that could. You could read maybe not like a super long run. Uh, you could read Matt Fraction's Fantastic which I have, Four run, which is that's good. Not as long as some of the others. Uh, you could read uh, Fantastic Four Book of Doom, which is a really good origin uh, retelling of Doctor Doom's origin. Uh, that you might I like. Might That's why Jason Aaron, writer of Marvel Legacy. I might have to check that out. Uh, so there's that. Um, and then I guess we already mentioned one, two, three, four by Grant Morrison, which you really should. Which, yeah, regardless of what I've said about too. it, you really should check it out, just because of how convoluted and over the top, but mm-hmm. brilliantly written that story is, and especially the paneling. Like, if you're a big fan of comic book art and how like the art and paneling itself plays into the storytelling instead of it just being like, you know, nine panels on it, a page. It's a good example it's, of how creative a comic book can be in the right hands. It's yeah. The paneling is, Good paneling. is next level. It's yeah, it's, it's ingenious and definitely worth checking out. And that's Jay Lee who did all that, so he's a very talented guy. I mean, like it's not like Grant probably didn't have his hand in that too, right? He, he would have written at least some 
some advice or like yeah. how to do certain things. But yeah, it's so really like collaboration. So what else has Jay Lee arted? arted uh, what else has he has he been an artist on? Yeah, uh, Jay Lee has done some really great stuff. He he's the artist on the Marvel Comics adaptation of the Stephen King Dark Tower series. Oh, unbelievable art! Oh, by the okay, way. all right, unbelievable art. Yeah, I can see how he'd be really good. He's at that. really good. Uh, he was in uh, Superman American Alien. He did an issue of that. Ah, uh, yep. Okay, um, yep. I know which exactly so which one it is you, too. You might know the one. It's yeah. it's really good. He, yeah, he's really good. He's cool. done a lot of other things as well. All right, so it's time for that time of the hour where we break down or read the uh, the top sellers and what's coming out next week. Uh, last week's top sellers: Batman: The Dawnbreaker number one. Of course, stop me anytime you want to say something. Bat- no Might, Batman: White Knight one. Bat- yeah, I heard about that. That's a very interesting one. Yeah, yeah. Batman thirty two. Uh, All-Star Batman 14, Justice League number 30, Walking Dead 172, Green Arrow 32. That's a really good series, every single way. Every single week I'm reading out Green Arrow Gre- on this Green list. Green Arrow has been one every of the best. Week. Rebirth's been really good. It's so consistent. I've been really enjoying it. I recommend uh, it. X-Men Gold 13, Superman 32, and yeah. Paper Girls 16, which Paper, Paper Girls, Girls is really, really good. Why is it good? Uh, Brian K. Vaughn, uh, art by Cliff Chang. It's basically Stranger Things in comic format. It's set in the 80s, but there's some futuristic time travel. Travel elements. So you should it's, check it yeah, out. It's a really cool comic. Can't recommend Wicked that sweet. enough. Okay, so things coming out next week. Uh, of course, Dark Metal number three coming out, which has been one of the yep, that's been consistent Dark Knights Metal, sorry, uh, which has been really good. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a collected volume of uh, Flash from Mark Wade that's yep. coming out. Uh, Gotham City Garage. Uh, Hal Jordan and the Lantern Corps number 30. New Injustice comic okay, that's coming out, which is really good. Yeah. If you've been into that, it's been it had a really touching booster gold blue beetle moment. Yeah, you, we were talking about that a few episodes ago yeah. uh, in the Injustice uh, Mr. Miracle number three. I, I love Mr. Miracle, guys. Uh, I really recommend that one. It's super interesting. Very, very cool comic. Why, though? Why? <laughs> tell Why? me tell okay. me more. Uh, if you know anything about Mr. Miracle, he's basically the greatest escape artist of all time. And in this comic, he tries to escape death. And can you do that? So That's like, a mystery. Is this like a... Is, does he have superpowers, though? Like, how, does Not he, really. Is he abusing it, his superpowers? It's a very psychedelic story. Uh, okay. Really cool art. Uh, it... That mystery has yet to resolve itself because it's so, so early. like very Houdini-esque is what you're yeah, telling it's super, me. Yeah, it's super cool, super interesting. Of course. And then on, the, Mar- on the Marvel side, there's uh, Daredevil number 27. Yeah, big Daredevil fan. So been enjoying what uh, it's it's the land of the blind storyline. Have you been reading that? No, at all? It's it's the start of a new story arc. So that'll be a new story. So it won't it'll be continuing threads that's been you know established throughout the whole run. But okay. it's a start of a brand new arc. So Defenders number six. That's by Bendis. So. And, of course, uh, Falcon number one. This is the first... So this is a legacy This launch. is the first legacy okay. coming out. It's written by Rodney Barnes, artist by Joshua Casera. Okay. Uh, Jesus Saez is the cover artist. Oh, yeah. I'm familiar um, with his work. Yeah, so, like... I'm really excited for the Return Falcon. to him being Falcon versus when he was Captain. Well, I mean, like the comic is is him breaking the Captain America shield. Yeah, so he's finally reclaiming his mantle as a. Did Falcon. you did you like Sam Wilson as I as like Captain Sam America? Wilson as a character? Did you like uh, him as Captain it, America? It made sense. It made sense that he would be the successor to Captain America because he's a trusted friend in Ali. Who else would wield the shield other than? Someone who embodied the same ideals as him. He's really cool. I really other dig than him. Bucky, but Bucky was already Cap in Ed Brubaker's run, so it made right. sense to use uh, Falcon. There's a new Runaways issue coming out. I as love well. Runaways, and uh, by the way, the Runaways uh, has a show coming out November 21st, so in just over a month. Is that a Netflix original? Yeah. Well, no, that's a Hulu original, surprisingly. But Canada doesn't have Hulu, so it'll be airing on Showcase here in Canada. 
10 episode show first trailer drops uh, at New York Comic Con looks very good okay cool can't wait for the Runaways to have its own live action show right on we got two minutes left tell me what you're reading this week bud what am I reading this week uh, I'm for sure reading Daredevil anyone who knows me I'm a huge Daredevil fan uh, I love Daredevil so I'm picking that up Mr. Miracle picking that up for sure Superman, Green Arrow, Batman, those are all uh, titles if, that I'm reading. If you were being dangled over a building <laughs> by Dr. Octopus. Oh, my goodness. Which one of those three would you pick? Between to, Superman, Batman, and Green Arrow? Yeah, Just like you, you, have to, you have to pick one and only read one of those, this particular rebirth run. Oh, which man, one, that's tough, which one? man. And you're only allowed to read one. Okay, okay. Uh, it, it's, it, for me, it's a toss-up between Green Arrow or Batman. Uh, I would... I'm it gonna, can't be a toss-up. Come on, he's dangling okay, you, I'm, Curtis. I'm going to say Batman, which is the typical answer. You know, Batman's always a popular choice. It's just because of the, the places you can take him as a character. I would find losing that potential would haunt me. Okay. I would always be wondering, I'm what's going like, on in Batman if it, I'm not reading it? Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. I can dig that. Yeah. Uh, this Green, green Arrow But Green Arrow is super good, guys. Really good. Honestly, I, I recommend Green Arrow a lot. It's so Go check much it out. fun. The DC Rebirth. What about you, man? Any anything that you're interested in reading, or things that are maybe coming I mean, up I'm, that you want? I'm going to check out that Falcon. I'm, okay, I'm going to yeah, check out the Falcon. I'm awesome. really super excited about that. Uh, I'm obviously going to be going to read Fantastic Four uh, from Jonathan Hickman, and uh, of course, yeah, I started reading uh, last week. I started reading Joss Whedon's X Men on yeah, your recommendation. X-Men. So uh, I am going to be reading the rest of that. Keep, keep reading that run, man. It'll that's, be so much fun. You're that's have a what I'm going to be reading. Of course, yeah. if you want to check us out uh, or talk to us in any way, shape, or form, you can hit us. Up on the Twitter at BTP Comic UMFM. I realize it's the worst one ever. Still follow us. Check it out anyways. Stick with us, guys. We're going to be posting updates on what we're going to be giving away on there. So if you want to yeah. know and get in on Pledgerama, make sure that you follow us on Twitter or at least check it out. Um, that should be coming either tomorrow or Thursday. Yeah. Um, and if you want to email us, it's Gmail. Uh, it's Beyond the panel, umfm at gmail.com. Of course, uh, we've had some very nice emails from there. Oh, yeah, we, we love always try to answer within a day. So if you want to talk, shoot Absolutely. us an email. I want to thank you very much. Of course, Pledgerama, you can hit us up, umfm.com slash pledge. For Curtis Mensforth, this has been Brian Svensson. and you've been listening to Beyond the Panel. Thank you so much. See you next week. See you next mission. This is Matt Briggio from Lead Mule, and you're listening to UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg.